delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. G'day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. A big show coming up, so we'll get straight into it. We've got Zach Suda to talk to us about his TCR win down in Tassie and how does that relate to a good weekend at Phillip Island this weekend. We'll also speak to Dave Reynolds, who'll be going around Phillip Island in a GT car and some news on whether he might be racing at the Bathurst 12-hour or not. All that to come. Plus, Mark Walker, Richard Crowell to talk about this weekend and other motor racing news. It's a big show right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. All right, joining me as always off the top of the program, Richard Crowell. Hello, Krause. Tony Shebecki, how are you? Well, I'm excited because you and I are going to get the chance to sort of work together or be in the same place anyway. <laughs> it's and been a while. We haven't done that for two years. It's been, it has been a while. I'm excited to go back to Phillip Island. Uh, and I haven't said it's race week this often in three years. It's a nice feeling to be back in the groove. But yeah. uh, looking forward to this weekend, Speed Series and Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships at the Phillip Island Grand Prix circuit. Uh, it's going to be a huge event. We'll talk more about the preview a little bit later on in the show because there's some cool categories. So GT World Challenge is there. My personal favourites in S5000 are there, Shebeki. You know how much yep, I love I them. Uh, Trans Am Racing, which is terrific. And then... From the Shannon side, you've got some Radical Australia Cup. You've got the thundering sports sedans. And good to see Formula Ford back on a national racing program as well. And with um, an 18-car series as well. A strong field. And Shebex, yeah. it's a good segue because that will uh, links in with our next guest, our first guest in the show this week. Yeah, it certainly does. A guy that uh, did a bit of Formula Ford driving in his younger days, but now finds himself a TCR winner. What a big buzz that must have been for him down in Tassie. We speak, of course, of Zach Suter, the boy from Geelong, and he joins us on the line for a chat now. G'day, Zach. How are you? Hey, guys. Not too bad. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Pleasure oh, to be <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on board. And I suppose the obvious first question is, have you come down from that high of what was Tasmania <laughs> three weeks ago, but I'm sure you're still buzzing? Yeah, well, to be fair, it's, uh, it's funny that because things got so busy as soon as we come home, like back off the boat, you know, with, um, you know, straight back into work and all that kind of thing. It's sort of just, it always feels like it didn't happen. It's just like, it was just straight back to normality. And I sort of just like, well, what, you know, what, what happened, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, look, it was, it was awesome result. And, um, you know, it was just cool to sort of tick that one off the bucket list. But uh, yeah, and saying that I'm pretty, you know, pretty much uh, ready to go for this weekend and just fully focused on uh, trying to, trying to build from our first round result. We'll, we'll touch on Simmons Plains, Zach, in a minute, and we'll obviously look forward to Phillip Island. But for those that might not have seen much of your career, um, just give us the the Zach Suter 101, 101. Where did you where did your career start, and and what's been the journey to get you up to this point in TCR? Yeah, well, I guess if you go right right back, my uh, my dad always raced um, sidecars, so he raced a bit of speedway sidecars to start off with, and then um, when he's at Broadford, what's that at Broadford? Yeah, all over the place. Broadford. Oh, yeah, cool. Every basically every sort of road racing track we have here, and then um, he, he went overseas too. I think he won he won something like eight Australian sidecar championships in both disciplines, and I think he ended up he went overseas and, and finished fifth in the world championship over there in the um the late nineties when it was a support category for the world superbikes, and it was just you know it was, wow. huge. It was like I think forty or fifty bikes in the grid some weekends. It was just it was a big deal back then. So yeah, so I guess I grew up around it, and um you know for, for whatever reason I was never sort of interested in sidecars probably from a bravery perspective because yeah, they're mad that's why they are mad. <laughs> absolutely like i i don't know how dad does it i don't even know how the bloke on the back of the sidecar does it they're just they're just crazy you know but um yeah so i guess i went for the four-wheel option which is a bit safer i guess and um yeah i, I sort of started in go-karts and um just working my way out from there and um you know sort of consistent front runner and go-kart sort of thing won a few things here and there and then um yeah, I was lucky enough to go and uh, race in the World Championship over, overseas um, in 2016, represent Australia. And while I was there, I went on a bit of a, a trip past the Nürburgring and there was a VLN race there. And as soon as I saw a GT car go past, I was like, I, I want to have a go at trying to do this, you know. So, um, yeah, we, we come back and, and looked at what we could do and just to get on the circuits, the big circuits, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, we just got, got into Formula Ford and, and run it ourselves sort of thing. And then from there, got into TCR the last couple of years. So, yeah, I guess that's the that's the me 101. <laughs> and it's a yeah, well, that, that's an extensive 101. Tell us the uh, the Formula Ford history and your enjoyment of that, and just how it prepared you for 
life in bigger things? Yeah, it's Formula Four taught me so much, especially like at the beginning, we we wanted to sort of go with the team, but you know, once we looked into that and sort of we just could we just decide we could never raise the budget to go that way, sort of thing. So um yeah, dad and I bought the cheapest Formula Four we could find and just decided we were gonna run it ourselves. And you know, I guess, you know, from the start, it wasn't really gonna be a big serious thing. It was just, you know, just for me to get into car racing and we didn't really think we could take it to the big teams, but we kept chipping away at it. And in the end, we did take it to, you know, your Sonics and your ball and motor racing services and all that kind of thing. And um, yeah, by the end of it all, we sort of, we finished second in the Australian championship and um, won quite a few races and really just missed out by a couple of points in that championship. So yeah, at the end of 2019, when I finished second, it was kind of like, oh, well, do we just keep having fun in Formula Ford? Or, you know, we've got some good sponsors. We can sort of keep coming back and keep doing this. Or do we sort of reach for the stars a little bit and try for the next step? So we, um, yeah, we sort of looked around and um, found ourselves a sort of a, a TCR car to jump onto. And, and yeah, the rest is history, I guess. So you got on board with the Honda train, a, a, an ex-wall racing uh, jazz Honda, obviously. They're, they're a cool thing to have. And uh, especially now the BOP seems to be working towards their favour <laughs> as, as it didn't at points in the 2021 season, I know. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell me about your rookie season and in particular the final round because it seemed like something clicked at Bathurst. And I remember sitting in the back of the com box um, watching my colleagues call the, the TCR races there and you were having a battle with uh, Christopher Meese who goes pretty well in anything that is fast or semi-fast uh, and you held him off seven or eight laps, I think, from memory. And that must have been a really cool moment for starters to knock off the fastest ever guy at Mount Panorama and a guy who's won the 12-hour. But it seemed like things started to build as your year went on in 21. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, it was just what was so hard about, I guess, our debut season was the fact that we didn't have any technical alliance or support from anybody. It was just, um, you know, I've got a fantastic team around me, obviously my dad. Um, we work with Brett Francis from BF Racing, who was a, you know, a guru in Formula Ford and still is. Yeah. So we sort of, we worked with him in our last year of Formula Ford and brought him across the TCR. But it was also new for all of us, you know, it was um, just a completely different ball game and, because having no one pointing you in the right direction, you just have to figure it out for yourself. But um, slowly but surely, like, we, you know, you take one step forward and two step back sort of thing. You know, we just kept learning and learning and, and figuring out. I think um, we were really struggling with tyres at, at Bathurst. Um, the car speed was okay, but just we just used up tyres. So it took a huge swing we set up for the last race just with nothing to lose. And it was like the light bulb moment, you know. Like, yeah. we went out and finished six in that race. It looked after its tyres beautifully and we had quite good speed. So it was kind of like that moment, like, right, you know, we – we sort of know which direction to head now. Um, and just to sort of make sure that we, we sort of had all the resources needed for this year, um, we've formed a technical alliance with wall racing as well. So now we sort of, you know, share data. We um, do debriefs after races and that kind of thing. And I think that's just taking things to the next level again. Um, obviously, I know how hard it is with one car and sometimes you just can get lost because you're just by yourself. But it was cool at Simmons to have three cars and, and two fantastic drivers in Tony Alberto and, and Fabian Coulthard to sort of bounce off of and talk to about car setup and, and driving tips and things like that. Like I've never ever experienced that before. It's always just been by myself. So um, yeah, no, it's it's looking up, and I think you know we've made the right decision in, in sort of aligning with wall racing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that partnership this weekend at Phillip Island. I think what is most impressive about the win down in Tassie, Quails, in you'll back me up on this, is the fact that he's a privateer team, first privateer yeah. car to win a race in TCR in Australia. There's a massive difference. I think everyone who's listened to this program will understand that you know the. The teams that are out there, they've got some money behind them. They've got a lot of good staff behind them. But to have just a one-car privateer team, as you said, fortunate now that you're doing some work with uh, Wall post-race and getting that sort of data and the like, but it must be so tough to mix it with the big boys. Yeah, absolutely. It's The toughest part is just finding the time, you know, to yeah. do everything properly. It's, it's so tough, like in terms of, you know, my dad and I, we're the ones that prepare the car, um, and we both work full-time in the family business, and anybody that runs a family business probably – especially in the manufacturing game, probably understands how tricky they can be by themselves, let alone trying to run a bit of a race team on the side, you know? So, um, yeah, plenty of late nights, not much of a social life. That's for sure. We're always, uh, you know, in the, in the workshop on weekends, working on the race car, which, you know, I'm, I'm fine with. I love it. So, um, yeah, but it is tricky and there's so many factors to it, like with making sure the car's where it needs to be, um, you know, getting sponsors on board. That's obviously a massive element too and, and probably the trickiest part of it. Um, just every, every facet of going racing is you've got to do it yourself. Um, it's tricky, but in saying that, that's why, I don't know if you guys saw after the race at, uh, at Simmons Plains, but that's why, you know, there was a bit of emotion going on because yeah, yeah, my whole crew is like basically everybody's a volunteer basically. So everybody puts their time into it. And to get that win, like, even though it was a bit of a gift with Josh getting a penalty, it was just, 
it was just like such a cool moment for everybody's hard work to sort of come to that point um, and to say, to, to sort of confirm with ourselves that we can do it, you know, like it's not just, we're not just wasting our time trying to do it ourselves. It, it is possible to go out there and be competitive, you know, doing it off your own back. So um, yeah, it's tricky, but yeah, it's very, very satisfying when it all pulls off. I think you're underselling it by saying it was a gift, mate, because <laughs> a, you, you held off the factory Honda and Tony D'Alberto, which yeah. was excellent. But uh, ultimately, it was it was Josh who tripped up over the rules and and got nabbed for for weaving at the restart. Did you did you pick that the moment he was still weaving when the the safety car lights were out? Did you know that that was going to come? Yeah, well, it's so funny that because I I knew straight away when he did it. I'm like, you can't do that, and I got <laughs> Brett, and I'm like, Josh is weaving, Josh is weaving, and Brett's like, just keep focus, mate, like head down. And then I guess I didn't get the best restart. Josh pulled a little bit of a gap, but I guess in the hustle and bustle of it all, I completely forgot he'd done that. So yeah. I'm even thinking about it, like, and the funniest part was, um, obviously he come through from race control to the guys back in the pitch that he had a penalty, but no one told me and no one told my dad either. Oh, no. So it was like the whole crew knew, but except me and my dad. So I just kept driving and, and Brett jumped on the radio and he's like, we need five qualifying laps from you, mate. And, you know, I sort of did my best and put together what I could, um, put a little bit of a gap on Tony and sort of try to stay within touch and distance of Josh. And it was only after the checker flag that uh, Brett jumped on the radio and said, no, oh, mate, you've you won it. So that was a shock and it was a welcome surprise, I guess. But um, I would have been just as happy with second too. Like, it sounds silly, but just how hard it's been last year to get a, a podium of any kind would have been amazing. But the fact that it ended up being a win was just, uh, yeah, a bit of a bonus. So, yeah. What are these little beasts like around Phillip Island? Big flowing track. They they handle it well? Well, I'm pretty intrigued to go down and sort of find out because the car is so different from where it was last time I was down at Phillip Island that uh, I'm – fully expecting a different ball game. And also we've got um, a, new t- a new compound of tyre for this weekend, which I haven't had the chance to, to go testing on yet. Um, a few people have. I haven't really heard much about what it's like. But, um, yeah, I think it's all going to be a bit different to last time I was there uh, in the TCR car. But they're good. Like, you know, TCR cars, to be to get them fast, you need to be pretty tailing. So with such long corners, the thing starts to get a bit loose. It's always a bit hairy. But, um, no, it should, be, it should be good. Like, I'm looking forward to getting down there and just getting getting back into it. Richard, I gather from that that there's no driver's WhatsApp group sharing information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I wish there was. I know some have been down there and, and cutting laps there. The new, the new tie story will be properly interesting to see how that plays out and who gets on top of it quickly. And I'm sure that's where you having that technical relationship with Wall Racing is going to help you guys, especially because you'll have two guys in, in Tony and Fabian who are pretty switched on when it comes to tyres and how sensitive they can be and, and getting a car switched on. Uh, what's your approach, mate? Uh, you're second in the championship. I know we're only one round down, so championship standings don't mean an enormous amount, but you're in the mix. So do you change your approach at all now that you've proven that you can run in the top three or do you just keep doing exactly what you've been doing and, and feel like the results will continue to flow? Yeah, exactly. I think it's just going to be a case of just keep doing what I've been doing. Um, you know, like at, at, at Simmons Plains, especially in the first two races, you know, there was sort of, you know, a couple of opportunities there. Sometimes you could have a massive dive at somebody trying to pick up one spot, which is only worth a point or two. Um, but, you know, in those scenarios, I just sort of sat tight and said, I want to bag the points and keep bringing them in. And then we got rewarded for that in the last race where things did come together for us. So, um, and I think with TCR too, things move around so much that you just have to keep bagging points and collecting the points and, you know, hopefully come Bathurst in November, whenever it is that, you know, just hope that you're somewhere in the mix. So I'll keep doing what I've been doing, which is just being consistent, um, working on myself, trying to make sure I'm doing all the right things, keep working with, you know, my team to make the car faster. And um, yeah, hopefully if you just, yeah, keep it within the results will come. So, yeah. And last one for me, mate, how does the old man go as a, as a spectator, as a racing dad on the, on the pit wall? <laughs> Good question. He's pretty good. Um, he's like my mentor and he's fantastic. Like he's been and done it all. But um, yeah, we try to keep him off the radio because sometimes <laughs> it's the Brett Francis just, edition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. No, dad's great. But uh, you know, he wouldn't know it either. But just obviously he's so invested in it emotionally and mm. you know, he sacrifices all of his time too. Like, you know, it's sort of easy to forget that he could be doing anything else he wanted to be doing too. But uh, he, he comes into the workshop every weekend and helps me, you know, chase my dream. So yeah, but he does get pretty passionate. Um, but that's great. That's what you want, you know, so it's uh, it's all good. Our good mate and uh, co-host on this program, Mark Walker, made the trip down to Geelong a couple of weeks ago for the Revival Festival and said that this thing could be as big as Goodwood if it's allowed to be. Mm. Watching your Facebook and sort of doing a bit of research on you, I saw the, the photo of your car and your dad's sidecar. That sidecar is 
a mean looking thing. <laughs> I know. It was actually a bit sad. Like uh, most people that walk past the TCR on the sidecar, they sort of like look at the TCR and be like, oh, that's cool. And then <laughs> and they just stop. And they look at the sidecar for like five minutes and they keep walking, you know. I so I imagine. Like uh, always gets all the attention. And it's a um the revival's a true family sort of war between us all sort of thing. It's um I was in the TCR and my dad was on the sidecar and my brother was on the pass like in the passenger sort of seat in the back. So well not seat, platform, whatever you call it. But um yeah, so it's a real family affair down there. We're all just sort of, you know, trying to get the best time down the shoot. So um yeah, it was, it's good fun. It's such a good event too. Like it's I'm so proud to be from Geelong and have an event like that. I think it's um, you know, it's got scope to be huge. It already is huge and um yeah. it's really cool to be a part of. Yeah, it certainly is. Mate, before I let you go, obviously there's a lot of people that you'd like to thank who have got you to this point. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to a minute to <laughs> name a few of those sponsors. As a privateer, we love supporting our privateers. So, mate, the floor's yours. Off you go. No, thanks, guys. Oh, I have to thank, uh, obviously, my dad for putting everything he does into it, but also my sponsors, uh, Spices Australia. Um, they've been fantastic. Coming on as a naming rights sponsor this season just makes a massive difference to us being able to go racing. Uh, Tough Lift Hoists as well. They've been a supporter of mine for years, and they're, they're awesome. So if you ever need a hoist, Definitely give Tough Lift a call. Um, Eco Clean FM as well. Flying Brick Cider Co. They're the uh, best cider out there. And, uh, you know, as well as uh, the sticker company for making my car look fantastic every weekend. And Ipta Fiberglass for always fixing all the broken bits awesome after each race meeting. <laughs> Eco, Clean FM, they, Eco Clean FM, are they looking for a DJ? I could probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's faculty management. Do you know oh, okay. Is that, is that a Christian radio yeah. station? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> So yes, if you need your clean, if you need industrial, uh, your factory clean, give Eco Clean FM a call. That's for sure. Yeah, Beautiful steady. stuff, Zach. Nice thank work. you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on that win down at Tassie. It's your first and maybe the first of many to come. Fingers crossed. Hope so. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. It's been great. Zach Suda joining us here on the Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next. On the grid. All right, Richard, as we continue our look at Phillip Island this week, time to talk to a man who's going to jump into a GT car, mate. Yeah, David Reynolds is on the other end of the line. He'll drive an Audi with Tony Bates. G'day, Dave. Hey, hey, boys. Hey, hey, Richard. Hey, Tony. How you going? Really oh, well, mate. Yeah. yeah, really well. And you've got yourself a little bit of extracurricular activity this weekend at Phillip Island. Not a bad place just to rock up and cut some laps in a high downforce yeah. V10 sports car. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the V10 or V8, I don't even know these days. Audi's a V10, I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mate, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, obviously, I've known Tony for a long time. He's a sponsor of mine. And, um, yeah, I'm, you know, trying to help him out, race his little Audi car. We're going to compete together at the 12-hour, so I suppose it's kind of practice for that. But, um, yeah, it's been a while since I've, you know, raced a GT car. Um, yeah, I've always done the, the Mercedes, you know, AMG sort of program, but this year I'm you know, he's got an Audi, so I'm driving an Audi. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I sort of drove a, a few laps a couple of years ago. And to be honest, I actually hated it. Didn't really like it at all. I got out and said, don't, don't ever make me drive that again. So I don't know what I'm doing back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's handy to know for Tony, I'm sure. Uh, the, the situation with being the pro driver in that uh, two-man team and the fact that you haven't driven the car for a long time, or in some cases, you don't get to drive the car until you actually step into it for the first time. Talk about the pressure of that, and you know, is there that little bit of extra? Oh shit, I better not stuff up. Um, yeah, like I, I missed the test day last week. There was a test day on Tuesday that I had to go to Tasmania for. Um, so I kind of missed that vital practice session because um, you know, we get one twenty-minute session on Friday, and then we're basically straight to qualifying, and then an hour race. So. You know, as far as a professional, I might be a little bit underdone or unprepared, but, you know, I'm trying to, you know, look at all the data and look at the videos and see, the, you know, see where they break and all the corner speeds and everything and try and get the general feel for it. So that's a little bit of prep, but it's, you know, nothing replaces miles. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I was going to be interested to see how it go, but, you know, as long as we keep our nose clean, I don't stuff up and crash. I think, you know, by the end of the races, I should be half on it. Dave, some drivers just focus on the one thing in, in supercars or whatever they might be driving. Some will drive anything with a steering wheel and sometimes without. Where where do you sit yeah. in that? Do you enjoy jumping into different cars and, and doing different laps or do you prefer to stay more focused on the, the one sort of discipline? Uh, well, in the past, I've just always just kind of done supercar, um, but I, I don't mind driving anything, you know, as long as it's not on the same weekend as a supercar. I've mm. done that before and it's been 
quite difficult, you know, jumping from left-hand drive, right-hand drive um, and that sort of style. But, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it. It's It can help it, but it can hinder it at the same time. I can understand that. But, mate, uh, this year I'll just try and, you know, concentrate on supercar and do GT as well. And the fact that you get to go around Phillip Island, is that a bit of a, a plus for you as well? Because you haven't had the chance to do that uh, recently. Yeah, like, um, in supercars, Phillip Island isn't the best track for us because, you know, the longer the corner, the worse our cars are. Um, but GT, you know, they're on the proper tyre and they've got a bit of aero, so it should be a bit better for us. But, um, yeah, you know, anytime you go to Phillip Island, it's pretty cool. It's a, you know, world-class facility, nice manicured grass. Um, yeah, cool, cool track, cool layout. The, the lawn status is important when one goes to a racetrack. Mate. <laughs> Very important. And, and how you can mess when it up. You, when you watch Happy Sydney. Gilmore your whole life, you, you, tend to, <laughs> you tend to like, you know, manicured grass. It's all in the hip. It's all no in the one, hip, no one seemed to care about manicured grass at Sydney a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it definitely wasn't manicured, was it? No. <laughs> I got a speeding fine in pit lane because I couldn't see the, um, the, the cones. And, you know, in practice session, you know, the, the way the light, you know, it was afternoon sun. So in the, and the, the rain has just finished, so it was a massive sheen on the road. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't. The, the grass was too long, and I couldn't actually see the cones to to show where the um pit lane speed started. So oh, yeah, yeah, they gave me a fine for that one. Who pays that, mate? Do you have to pay that, yeah, or does I the team cop it? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah um, just add it to my list. Add it to the list. The list of fines will add you to the Russell Ingle wing at Motorsport Australia. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've outclassed Russell. Oh, duh, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Hey, how was Sydney, mate? Uh, challenging weekend for everyone, and and I think every single driver in the field just about had up and down results, except Chaz probably. But what yeah. did you take away from round one of the supercars? Uh yeah. So obviously, you know, on paper when you look at it, it, wasn't the best weekend for us. But you know, considering we were there three and a half months ago and we were really bad, you know, we actually made improvements in three and a half months with the grows taken over. So um, yeah, it's. It's a it's a it's a good starting block for us, but you know we're still you know scrambling to um, upgrade our cars as we can for the rest of the year. And uh, the inclusion of Leroy into the the team, uh, talk about that for his first week. How much input did uh, mate, he have into what was happening? Lee, Lee's honestly the best driver I've ever been up against. Hey Lee, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might have been the case. We, we don't <laughs> want to talk to him. He was on the podcast two weeks ago. We've we've talked to him. <laughs> Nah, he, honestly, he's really good. I've known him for a long time. We've been mates for ages, so you know, to drive with him or to share, you know, share a team with him is quite cool. We get along pretty well, so you know, it's um, pretty easy. Well, th- this is almost live podcasting. Where, where are you, and what are you doing with Mister Holdsworth at this point in time? Uh, so myself, Holdsworth, and Fairzy from Tasmania. Yes. Uh, we're sitting in the car across the road from an Asian fusion cuisine mm. in Hobart. Excellent. So a bit of bit of pre-event Tassie oh, Super Sprint we PR. <coughs> We're in North Hobart. How's that, ra- how's that for a radio voice? Uh, mate, it's fantastic. Rob, Rob Fair is a legend of uh, broadcast. <laughs> Don't say that. If ever I can't do any work at the MCG, I know who to call. Fairzy, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Saw him at uh, Race Tasmania a few weeks ago. Uh, a quick one, Dave. We'll, we'll let you go. We know you've got plenty to do. Uh, Simmons Plains, how are you feeling about that round coming up in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, mate, it, like, you know, Tasmania's been pretty good to me in the past. Um, you know, it's a sort of stop-start circuit, which our cars, we're at, our style of cars tends to suit. Um, you know, last year I think we were easily in the 10. Uh, this year might be a little bit harder, but... Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. We're a little bit down to horsepower, so you know it's it's a track of horsepower. Um, you know, well, hopefully we can mitigate that with some you know decent setup and and some running some less drag or something. I don't know, but uh, you know we need to have a good think about it. No, we wish uh, you all the best, and we wish you all the best too, Leroy, down in Tassie. Hopefully, uh, some good results coming. Cheers, the, mate. Uh, way for <laughs> <laughs> and and Fairzy as well in his yeah. uh, radio broadcasting endeavours. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. See you, boys. Thanks very much for having me. All the best. Dave Reynolds joining us here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. Grazie. Good couple of chats here. Like I'm sure we're going to have another one right here as we're joined by our old mate Mark Walker from TheRacetalk.com. Hello, Mark. Hello, Tony Shebeki, Richard Crail. Uh, isn't live motorsport good, Richard? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the very best of things, isn't it? Isn't it? No, oh, it's, it it's so good. And uh, th- this will be my the first three week stretch of consecutive race meetings since late 2019. Wow. It's been that long. It's yeah, remarkable. Wow. I, I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I've had yeah, I've had two and a couple of weeks break, and now Philip on this weekend. I said to Richard before, Mark, that. I think this is the first time we've both been at the same racetrack for two oh, years. Just, just be careful what you say there, Tony. I mean, well, no, what, what number done. of disasters can befall us between now and the weekend? True, but is uh, we need to get Dale Rogers down there and the whole TRT ensemble will be at the Phillip Island Grand Prix second. So, well, that'd uh, be great. You might have to get that. I can confirm that uh, we've actually got uh, Brad Hodge working for the racetalk.com there as well. What? As in, Fantastic. Yeah, former uh, Victorian cricket captain, uh, averages 56 in test matches. Uh, yeah, he is accredited as the race talk. I've got no idea what he's going to do for us. But uh, do, do, do we have to send some down to him in the nets or <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, it go? Well, yeah, we just go and roll the arm over in the netty down in the cow's oval of an <laughs> afternoon. Which box, sharp. Did, which box did you tick? Oh, batsman. Oh, I'm the photographer. <laughs> yeah. Richard's a commentator. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, the, and, and that's a very good point, actually, because if anyone thought for one minute that Brad Hodge was just something that Channel 7 just plucked out of the air, uh, when we were at Sandown a couple of weeks ago, Mark, he was there for mm. an entire day watching the racing. Had nothing to do, had no commentary work to do, but obviously he had a couple of mates in a couple of teams that were a part of it, and he was there watching. He loves his motor racing. Well, I mean, I think we all do. Isn't that the reason why we roll up it to is. Obscure race meetings on the weekend, Richard? Certainly not for the money. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about your weekends because you had a couple of exciting weekends. Richard, you were at Malala. Yes, opening round. Mark, the... you were at uh, Phillip Island. Who wants to go first? Opening Richard. round of the South Australian State Motor Racing Championships at the majestic Malala Motorsport Park, which enters its 61st year of operations. Not all of them consecutive. But, uh, yeah, really interesting weekend. Um, just under 100 cars for the opening round of the state championship, which was really good. 44 excels in the south australian hyundai xl world championship i saw probably the best xl race i've ever seen in one of the heats they had to split the field in half so it was the b heat but um there were in six laps there were seven lead changes and three of them involved cars going three wide uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed and literally cheering on the hill from the punters that were there, which was outstanding. But uh, really enjoyable evening. And the thing for mine, boys, was that it was a twilight event and Malala is unique in Australian motorsport in that it's got lights. So no, they're not Sydney Motorsport Park spec. I actually don't mind the fact that they're not Sydney Motorsport Park spec because it actually looks like night racing. And uh, yeah, really, really cool atmosphere. It was a beautiful day, a bit warm during the day, but cooled off at night and just really spectacular. And we had, speaking of TCR, and we'll preview this weekend in a minute, we had Michael Clementi there, another Honda TCR privateer. Um, his car was over at our friends at Check It Out Graphics getting wrapped and they uh, did a little deal with the promoter to bring the car out and cut some demo laps. So a bit of TCR under lights, which was really cool. And uh, you can check out the full video of that at theracetalk.com now. It's, how it's did you it. do that, by the way? I should have asked off off screen how you did that, but how you're one what? one person with one camera, but there were many camera angles happening. There were there. many camera angles. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am one, but I am many. Yes. Oh, you've got to keep some mystery in your life, Mark. Yeah, right but, on, mate. Right but uh, terrific weekend. Congratulations to the Race Talk's own Asher Johnston, our driver in Excel's uh, in South Australia anyway, who did a, a super job and, uh, after barreling the thing off the road when someone blew up in front of him, a lap runner, uh, caught everybody out, fired it off the road, having had a five-second lead, but managed to hold on and uh, took the opening round of the championship. Good weekend. How was well, the classic, Mark? Walker? Yeah, talk to us. Well, 408 <laughs> entries. Good grief. <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, we've actually got 12 months worth of content for the race talk out of it. So uh, okay, I'll take the next 11 off then, shall I? I, I think we should. Super. Thank I you. I think we should. I've got to quit my full-time job and just yep. concentrate on banging out stories. But uh, uh, incredible. I mean, it's not where it was pre-pandemic when the Porsche Museum would send out a 9.17.30 or any other number of things that have come in from overseas over time. You know, we'd often get a few guest uh, stars and drivers and whatnot, but tell you what there was a fair bit of vibe going on the place looked absolutely chockers it was every bit as big a crowd as we've ever seen for supercars there in the last 
decade or so when we have been racing there you know it's just one of those things where you build the event it was run by a club it was all run by club people there wasn't any huge big promotion machine behind it it's just you build it and they'll come and i think everyone missed out last year there was only limited a couple hundred punter tickets and everyone was sort of corralled into the one little area which made it uh a bit weird and pointless mm. really but uh this year the borders were mostly down and most people have traveled so uh huge fields i mean like the formula fords there were 60 formula fords mm. and the the racing at the front you had tim blanchard there banging it out with everyone it was sensational racing from those guys and that's just one class and all the classes like even the ones that you know that have some exotica in it that have a formula one uh ferrari from the mid 80s the battling was actually really really good like it's all mm. good having these really cool cars but these guys were racing them very very hard so uh, i think from every perspective gets a huge big tick and like i said it's only going to get better when we can go back in future editions and have some more guests from overseas and whatnot come and pat it out. But uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And like I said, keep it tuned to the racetalk.com because there's heaps and heaps of content coming your way. There's a... Sorry, Richard. No, go, Shebex. I was going to say, fair to say, the biggest crowd you've seen at a racetrack for a couple of years? Oh, I mean, Bathurst last year was pretty big. I mean, you know, it's a lot bigger track there sort of thing. Yeah. You can fit a lot more people around the circuit. But uh, as far as Phillip Island's concerned, and actually it had the best Phillip Island weather you could possibly imagine. Yeah. You know how Phillip Island, it's it's either too hot or it's too cold or mm. it's too wet or too snowy. This was just perfect. And looking at the forecast, it's exactly the same for this coming weekend. Uh, I think Friday there might be a bit of rain around. But uh, come the weekend, if we get a repeat of that, uh, bring some sunscreen. Mm, nice. I saw some vision from uh, former F3 and Crow Cup racer Tom Tweedy, who had basically uh, what amounts to a Can-Am car mm. running. I, I think there is a potential to do like a Can-Am revival at that place with, when Americans want to travel again. And though I know they've had big F5000 international races there, and we've seen those at Muscle Car in, at Sydney Motorsport Park as well. So that's what's cool about that event is you get some of those and then there's the like the historic formula one scene in europe is extraordinary and it would be amazing to see a field of historic formula one cars running at phillip island of all the tracks like god knows there's enough in australia but it would be it's such a spectacular thing and the, the potential for that event is limitless and the thing is 400 cars and sure you've got f1 cars and lamar cars like crawled all over the formula one cars that were there and mm. over the porsche 956 and the porsche 9 porsche 962 but then i also went into a story on david patterson who races uh, an old bob holden toyota corolla and that car's been in six bathurst 1000s yeah like just an incredible story and it was Crazy. the slowest car in the touring car field but yeah. the story behind that one car is amazing and there's 400 times that so really cool and the access you get at those meetings is amazing too a lot of the five liter touring cars were there we obviously had a friend of the show jack perkins and his old man larry there banging around i tell How you cool. what old, old larry he has got the eyes on he yep. was absolutely <laughs> having a huge chop which is fantastic <laughs> to see but you can crawl right over the cars everyone loves to talk about them so Mm. It's not like the big pro meetings where everyone's all uptight and serious. You want to go and stick your head in the car, sit in the car, you can. It was it was a good thing. It makes me feel, Shebex, it makes me feel old that a VE Commodore yeah. <laughs> or VF Commodore is uh, running at a historic event, but uh, such is the way of the world at the moment. What was the garaging situation like? All, all the main ones down the, the proper garages oh, and down the back as well? There was a lot of hoppers set up down the back behind yeah. the pits everywhere. Yeah, you, you couldn't really get your car into the infield i don't know how i did but i just must have nodded correctly at the person at the gate which was lovely but um yeah it was chockers and there's probably a bit more space to play i mean i think in years past they may have had up to 500 entries which mm. is hard to fathom wow. i mean they'd probably pad that out with an extra regularity field where you can just jam on as many cars as you like but uh yeah no, it was a fantastic weekend yeah, what was well. the uh what was the price of a bucket of chips <sighs> You see, this is the problem I had, is that they undercated, if anything. Mm. That was the one problem. I wound up having to get a baked spud. So oh, it was okay. like an unprocessed bucket of chips. Yeah, Not right. that there's anything wrong with a baked spud. It was fine. It was the only thing that had a 15-minute wait rather than a half-hour wait. Yeah. I am always primed for the sausage van. I hope he turns up this weekend because <laughs> I'm absolutely gutted I missed my annual Phillip Island historic German sausage. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because I, I had a, a $5.50 bucket of chips at Eastern Creek at Sydney Motorsport Park from the roof 
uh, ARDC yep. garage thing up up on the top floor, which they opened for the supercars. Um, and then I had a $5 bucket at Malala, which was the more standard sort of size bucket. Uh, mm-hmm. The Sydney one was the square sort of taller bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tremendous radio. Um, and this, I'm is just, the, this is what the people want, Richard. No, it, it no, is they do. exactly right. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the vibe on the bucket of chip ratio at the moment because it's For, a big story. Forget the price. Forget the price. The crispiness of the chips. That, that's well, what we want to know. Out of ten, do you know? Do you know what Malala the Malala Canteen in the paddock and Mark's been there does a good bucket of chips. Back in the day, they were legendary for their steak sandwiches. You'd go there, and mm. and this is like when steak sandwiches were Please. four dollars. Yeah not 25 what they probably cost now but um that place was legendary for me I, I can't vouch for the steak sandwich side but their bucket of chips was very very decent and for five dollars i was satisfied does anything in the world ever stack up to the morgan park canteen no no it doesn't but I, you can't have the cwa catering in every round unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> for those unaware uh the first time that I went to Morgan Park was with Shannon's Nationals and Mark had obviously spent a lot of time there and we went to the local cafe and um, I said, oh, I'll have a, a steak sandwich, I think, from memory and a can of Coke and oh, I might just have uh, old love's little piece of cake uh, that was there in the, you know, like the primary school cake, you know, you were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wrapped pieces in the in the Glad Wrap. Yep. I was like, that'll be $6, thanks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> enough of it. I, was, I felt like I was stealing. And then when in the media center, when they wheel out the cheese platter, it's like, guys, you have yeah. to tone this down a bit. Yeah, we're not used to this. <laughs> it's not back it off a bit. The standard rubbish sandwich trays we get. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Uh, terrific. We do. Weekend. Let's stay in um, Phillip Island, though, because uh, we were there as a threesome this weekend uh, for some Shannon's Nationals and, as you said, some ARG category racing. So let's have a look at that and a little bit of a preview in what we can expect. Uh, we can expect some... Hot racing, there's no doubt about that. TCR at S5000 should be fantastic. Well, I think TCR set a pretty decent sort of a benchmark down yeah. at uh, Simmons Plains, didn't they? And their racing was extremely competitive, almost overly competitive in places uh, with some of the carnage we saw. So there'll be some scores to settle. Uh, heaven help us if Jay Hansen and James Moffat get on the same bit of racetrack again, maybe side-by-side through Hayshed. That'll end in a small nuclear explosion. Um, (laughs) But look, boys, it's a genuinely good program, this, isn't it? And it feels a bit like the Shannon's rounds of old, where you get the the profile group of national categories, but then some of the more fringe ones as well. So from the Speed Series brand point of view, you've got TCR, you've got S5000, Trans Am and GT World Challenge. But then... As we touched on earlier with young Zach Suda, National Formula Ford, back on a national program for once, which is just great. I don't think anyone in this conversation will be upset that that's happening. Um, Same goes for National Sports Dance. How cool. Those things are unbelievable. And then Radical Australia or Radical Cup Australia, rebooted Radical Cup, have got a 20-car field, which is a very, very competitive grid of, of the sports car stuff. So between them all... There's really something for everyone at this event from a, a national race meeting point of view. Correct. And, and But it's got a bit of vibe about it too. They've got Matt Mingay and his stunt crew here to do their stuff between races. They've got the street parade Thursday night, which is a yes. cool thing. Like that's that's something back in the Shannon's Nationals days. I mean, we've run the power, both of us too, Richard. It's the stuff you dream about doing, but here you've got enough people involved in the whole process that you can organise these things and get the police signed off and get everything happening so you can have a parade down the main street of cows on the Thursday night, which I think is sensational. Mm, very much so. Uh, we're not going to select winners, are we? Uh, no, but, but, but... Motor worth, racing will be a winner from this weekend. Sports should be the winner, we hope. Yeah, but <laughs> worth worth touching on some of the names. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think that's the first time we've rolled the old sport will be the winner. This year, cliche, anyway. This year, seven yeah. episodes in. Um, some of the names, though. Uh, Tony Delberto will drive with Adrian Dietz in a Lambo in GT World Challenge. Uh, Garth Walden will be there in a Merc, of course. SVG and Prince Jeffrey for Triple Eight. There are a Chris- chance. Yeah, yeah, just a bit, but I think they'll uh, they will battle Christopher Meese mm-hmm. and Yasser Shahin, the reigning champion in GT World Challenge in the factory yep. Audi. Dave Reynolds driving with Tony Bates, which is cool. 
Um, Stefan Raitel, boss of SRO, the global promoter of, of GT3 racing everywhere, uh, will be present. So it wow. shows how serious he's taking GT racing in this part of the world. So um, to give it the full title, the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS, uh, we'll have a pair of one-hour races, which should be quite good. TCR we've touched on, but really competitive field and, and lots of variety there. Uh, S5000 turned on some absolute bangers at the island last year. And for everyone else, um, Tim Macro won a, a race at the island last year and he yeah. leads the championship going into it. Uh, the reigning champ, Joey Mawson, will be up for a big result. And this was the round where he anchored his title challenge last year. He won on the Sunday. It was it was the big win. Um, the day that Murray Walker passed away, we found out 12 months ago. And uh, it was a really, really big drive for him. And uh, cool to see Zane Goddard joining the S5000 field for at least the next two rounds in a, a Team BRM car. So pretty good addition there. It's just a shame that we don't have the wet weather. Like that actually turned out to be really, really cool for the yeah. S5000s and Cooper Webster uh, coming away with a real surprise win there uh, for him that in the rain. Who was it in the slipstream down the Tom pit Yeah, mm, Locked like inches from his bumper. And he said, I was less than a foot behind Cooper Webster's car and I couldn't, the only thing I could see was the rain light. And that was it. That's how heavy, A, the rain, but B, the spray was yeah s5000 strange because their wet weather tire is arguably better than the dry weather tire <laughs> the wet the wet hoosier is an extraordinary bit of engineering the slick is purposefully designed to not be that great to make the cars move around and slide around a lot so but the wet tire is amazing so yeah they race really well in the rain uh overs and unders uh lap record is it gonna go well, they've got a new uh, dry compound coming for this weekend. So, so TCR and S5000 will both have new tyres. So that'll add a, a narrative to the weekend. Look, if your weather predictions are accurate, then yeah, it could well go. And, it and could the, well go. And the track should be reasonably rubbered up, you'd hope, after all that racing last weekend. Cars. Yeah. I spoke to Simon Wills uh, at the weekend, uh, who holds the outright lap record at the Phillip Island Grand Prix second and has done so since 1994. Uh, even he is at the point going, oh, come on, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually cool to see some Formula Holdens out there last weekend as well. It's good to mm. see them making a bit of a comeback and some of those cars coming back out of sheds. And I can guarantee you that wheel spin is a thing in S5000s. When they yes. come into Siberia, which is where I watched it last year, that race, and they come off the power, go into that turn, and then put the power back on, man, that is just amazing to watch. The sound of that was just huge. Yeah, I remember you were texting me from your car because yeah. it was torrentially wet, and it you was. were texting me going, oh, my God, these things are terrifying and yeah. awesome, which yep. I think everyone would agree with. I, I think the one category we'll all be watching, boys, is Trans Am. Uh, great Nothing. category, but pretty rough opening rounds yeah. at Simmons Plains. So driving standards weren't terrific there, lots of safety car, lots of recovery. So... I think we'll be looking for a clean weekend from them. And certainly the potential is there for great motor racing with those cars, with guys like Tim Brook, Nathan Hearn, Kyle Girton, you know, Lockie Dalton, Brett Holdsworth, Dalton Ellery, Jet Johnson, who I thought was super mm. um, in the opening round and guys like that. So I, we'll be looking for clean racing from Trans Am. I think that's important. They get a nice, clean weekend away. So that's the thing about Phillip Island. When you get it wrong, there's big consequences, but a product of those consequences is that you often drive with a bit more respect that yep. you didn't see in the TCR and, and Trans Ams at Simmons Plains. So hopefully they get away some nice clean racing. And Tony, you're <laughs> our Formula Ford expert these days on the grid. Uh, yeah. What do we look forward to for Australian Formula Ford? So pleased to see them back at a, a national level event. 18-car field as well, which is fantastic to know that they've got those sort of numbers. That's uh, that's big numbers for them. And you're right, uh, they don't take lightly the fact that they're back on with Motorsport Australia. That's been a bit of a fallout. I think everyone knows about that. I'm not talking out of school for the last few years. Uh, that all came around with the Formula 4 situation and the like. But waters seem to have been smoothed out, which is nice. Jordan Sinney will uh, go into the round as the uh, series leader at the moment. And he'll be uh, hotly pursued by Cody Donald, who uh, is also right up there as well. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be good racing. We, we saw the... When they got it clean at Sandown, Mark, you'll agree with this, they were fantastic. There was some tight, hot racing. But at Sandown, they had 36 cars because they had the Kents in there as well with the Juratex, and it was just too much. And 
obviously we had issues just due to the overcrowding happening there and we had a, a couple of safety cars and the like. But when they race, she was there good. And Jordan Sinito, I remember him saying at Sandown that he's never had a really good run at Phillip Island in the past, so he'll be looking Correct. to really turn that around this weekend if he wants to continue his lead out front. How's the Sons of Guns on the program, though? So this Jet is, Johnson. This is nearly a program for us, I reckon. It's nearly an on-the-grid. There is oh, so many coming don't out Don't give it now. away. These, Grant Rowley will steal it. Um, these, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Edit point. I'll cut, yeah. I'll cut that out. Hang on. Give, me, give me two seconds of songs. I'll cut that out. But Clay, so Clay Richards, who's fourth in Australian Formula Ford from memory at the moment, son of son of Stephen, uh, Cameron McLeod, son of Ryan, grandson of Pete, Nash Morris is going to be there, son of Paul, of course, Jet Johnson, son of Steve, grandson of Dick. How how cool is that? I, I, I really I really enjoy that. I think that's awesome. No seat in there. Uh, no, no, Aaron. No, two. no, he's in Super Two, so that's a shame. But uh, nevertheless, still pretty cool to have that. Uh, that link to um, some pretty powerhouse racing surnames yeah. in our sport. Uh, Steve Johnson's boy. Clay will be there as well in Formula Ford. Steve Richards. Steve Richards. Yeah, I mentioned Clay. Steve Richards. Yep. Sorry, did I say Steve Johnson? Yep. Steve Richards' boy. Uh, Steve Johnson's boy will be there also. Jet, as you said, doing Trans Am. So, yeah, no, fantastic to have all those there. All right. Uh, where do we move to next? Well, it's a little probably bit happening. time to wrap things up almost, but worth talking about. Uh, f one Formula Uno this weekend, yep. So opening round. Opening I don't know how you predict it. I got no idea whatsoever. I mean, Verstappen was fastest in testing and Lewis Hamilton was talking down the prospects of So Lewis who? Don't do it. Um so <laughs> just <laughs> oh, that's all I'll us. do. That'll do. If, you, if you're wondering if you're wondering what we're talking about, just Google him. Um but, Google who? Yeah, yeah Lewis who. Just yeah, hyphen surname. Uh but they're it, Merck have talked themselves down so many times in the past that it's like the boy who cried wolf. No one believes them because they're just as likely to rock up at round one and smoke everybody. I love that. The boy that's who all, cried Toto wolf. That, that's all true, but they have looked pretty terrible in yeah. testing. <laughs> you can't uh, disguise have. it. The, the thing's just there. Looks, looks like it's handling like a bucket of bolts at the moment. Yeah. The car does look, doesn't look half bad, though, without those side pods. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty remarkable bit of engineering to cram all that in. Um Look, you know, I, I, it's impossible to predict a winner for it, but I, what I hope is that Ferrari are genuinely competitive because I love the Lando, the, um, sorry, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz combo. I think that's such a cool driving combination. Two great drivers, two great characters for yeah. the sport. Having them at the front and being contenders for wins is so important, aside from the fact of having Ferrari there. And well done, Ferrari, for going back to a proper Ferrari livery with that dark red with the black highlights. It's like Gerhard nice. Berger and John Alacy in 1995 all over again. It's my childhood coming back. I love it, it. It turns out when you lose a massive sponsor, you can just do what you like with the livery. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Somehow, I don't think Ferrari struggle too much financially out of their Formula One program. No. But um, And we hope that the McLarens are right. It's a bit hard to get a read on where that thing is, and we hope that our man Dan is okay. with. He's got the Rona. Uh, hopefully he's clear of that in time to um, to get back in the race car this weekend. Otherwise, yeah. do we see Oscar Piastri make his Grand Prix debut? Because Alpine have made it clear that they're going to loan him out if uh, McLaren request him. So it'd be sort of feels feels like robbing Peter to pay Paul. But could we see a, a debut for young Oster? Oscar? Yeah. Uh, the only thing I've got to say about the weekend is the cream will rise. It, it always does. Uh, we we won't see a surprise winner come from Haas or something just because we've all got new cars. Well, but that's the whole idea of these regs, though, Shebex, is that that's what uh, they it want is, to do. Richard, but we know. Oh, he Richard didn't need Mark. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. I just feel like. Didn't, Roland, didn't Roland Dane say it about supercars with Gen 3? Yeah. That if anyone thought that anything was going to change up the top, that they were being stupid? Yeah, no. Well, they uh, are. This has to be the same. It, it's just about closing the margin down between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, it's not about true. completely reshuffling the order. But Ferrari were a have three years ago before they nobbled their cheating yeah. engine fuel burning <laughs> thing that they had going on. Alleged. I should say alleged, shouldn't I? <laughs> Those <laughs> Italians, they love a lawsuit. Um, so, yeah, so they, they should be there. But look, if we get a world championship fight between Ferrari, Merck and Red Bull, happy days. Yeah, happy days. Uh, NASCAR too, Mark, just quickly bring us up to date on that. Uh, Chase Briscoe. 
It wasn't the best race of the season. We've had some absolute crackers so far. It was a decent race, but had a good finish of the three guys battling it out for their first win in the top tier of NASCAR. And Chase Briscoe and Tony Stewart's number 14 came through with the win. And he's a good character because he hasn't come with from money. He's had to graft his whole way through there and he's worked really hard to get to the top tier. And Tony Stewart put all the faith in him and he came away with his winner in his second season. So good for him. It's good for the sport that they're having some first-time winners and yeah. the, the second-tier Fords essentially are mm. quick as well. Toyota's a bit nowhere at the moment, which is a bit of a concern for them. You know, Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell haven't had a top-10 finish yet, which is a bit of a drama, and they all seemed a bit off the pace on the weekend. So it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back at Atlanta, which has had a big repave and is completely different, and they're running the super speedway rules, yellow lines, and all the sort of jazz there because mm. it's going to be absolutely flat knacker, high-speed cool. bowl. Cool. We, have like we got it. Indy cars this week as well? We do. Texas Motor Speedway. Just come back to NASCAR for a second. I love Jeff Gluck, who, Mark, you and I have met, um, NASCAR journalist, um, uh, tweeted that there was a random tweet about NASCAR popping up from an Indian person of, of Indian descent uh, tweeting about NASCAR. Well, that's a bit strange. He clicked on it. And old mate's got 8.9 million followers and he's oh. the CEO of Mahindra who was sponsoring Chase Briscoe's car. So all of Has NASCAR, NASCAR getting some cut through in uh, the great country of India and good weekend for smoke because his, um, his drag racing team got mm. a win as well, which is pretty cool. So uh, he's, um, he's in, engaged to, married to Leah Pritchett, the top fuel racer, Tony Stewart. So he's there set up a, a drag racing team, which is cool. Uh, yeah, right. so an IndyCar, Scott McLaughlin, fastest in testing uh, in the IndyCar Open Test at um, Texas last week, and he finished second there last year. So is he going to win again? Who knows? Well, let's fingers crossed. Mark, Richard, always great to have you on, guys. We'll see you at Phillip Island this weekend. Bye for now. Good on you, mate. Dan, we'll see you right here on the grid again very, very soon. See you, Mark. <laughs> See you later, Schmex. <laughs>